0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I am Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Marshall Scott. I'd say as always, I should be joined as always by Marshall Scott, the owner emeritus of Pistols Firing Blog. You're sitting in for who I'm always usually with as Colby Powell. He's on vacation doing some skiing. Knowing Colby, he's probably picked up a few injuries along the way. But Marshall, we appreciate you uh, filling in and you're a good guy to talk to these days with the daily happenings of
1: the portal. Yeah, absolutely. As always in in the bullpen, I think I I feel (laughs) like I'm a pretty good bullpen arm, pretty reliable lefty, which always helps. So, uh, so yeah, Yeah. like you said, the, the, uh, the transfer portal, it's been a crazy, crazy few weeks. Um, it's started to knock on wood, slow down here a little bit. Um, I I imagine another wave will come after all the bowl games, just nationwide. I'm not sure at Oklahoma state specifically, but just kind of nationwide. I think it'll pick back up again after these bowl games, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks in the Oklahoma state world.
0: Yeah, it has, and I'm sure you are ready for it to slow down. I think it's kind of made also the OSU fan base a little on edge. Yes, I mean you put out a video with just a funny quote from from Mike Gundy, the one that's made the rounds this time of year that he's not a big portal guy, and and I, I'm not I'm, I'm becoming an old one of the olds, but I do know who Tyler, the creator, is. Marshall, you put a funny clip of him kind of interjecting right behind what Mike Gundy said as not being a portal guy with so that was a bunch of BS. And yeah. with how on edge people are, Marshall, you got you got the OSU fan base riled up somehow. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm not sure that I've ever made a more like clear. This is a joke on Twitter without putting this is a joke, like in all caps. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is uh. so like I came up with the idea. Um, Boone has uh, Kyle Boone had a couple of similar like made a couple of similar videos. So I sent it to him. I was like, hey, could you throw this together for me? He was all on board we put it out. I'm like, this is hilarious. Either A, it's hilarious. People think it's funny. B, people won't think it's funny and it's uh, but they'll still recognize that it's a joke. But really in reality, C happened where people thought that I, I don't even know what people were mad about. I, it was very clearly a joke. I thought the Tyler for the creator thing um, it's been meme to oblivion. Uh, But yeah, I, I think, as you said, people are, are on edge a little bit. Maybe, maybe the portal's done some of that. But yeah, that's not what I um, expected to happen there. I'm glad that the whole thing's over. Didn't delete it because I didn't, I didn't feel I needed to. But I was like, man, I just kind of want to delete Twitter as a whole in, in this active moment.
0: Yeah, it's not fun when like an entire fan base gets riled up and comes at you. Like, oddly enough, Iowa fans came after me several years ago, and like they really got mean and nasty, and it wasn't it wasn't much fun. But I think OSU fans are just upset with how the season played out, and. Yeah, I think even most OSU folks commit. we can, can admit they're a little sensitive when it comes to criticism. Uh, I mean, I still get, I still get people coming after me all the time about you know my criticisms of Mike Gundy, even though everyone's seemingly, you know, frustrated with how the season ended. So that just comes with the territory. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I want to get into the ins and outs of who's. It's been so long since we've done a podcast. So I want to get on the ins and outs of who's left, who's come in, th- things of that nature. But first, let's hear from Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. They'll be busy this time of year once we're getting into basketball, softball, all those sports, spring sports season. So, if you need some spring clothes, stop over by Chris's and get all your OSU needs uh, fixed right there. So, Marshall, without further ado, I mean, let's just start. With, uh, there's a handy tool on Pistols firing blog. You can get it's on the main page at the very top. It's the Transful, Transfer Portal Tracker, which we need, as we mentioned, everything's kind of coming and going each and every day. I guess I wanted to start at the top of it with Mason Cobb, but I guess we have some more, you know, recent news with Jabbar Muhammad, who I believe is by far one of the biggest losses to the portal Marshall. And and we kind of thought that maybe he was going to stick around because, you know, it'd been a week or so since the portal opened, he had not left. He was rumored to be one of the guys that might test the portal, but we did get the news. I believe yesterday that uh, Jabbar Muhammad would enter the portal Marshall and, it's a it's a big loss because, man, he had really blossomed into really one of the better corners in the Big 12.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Gundy compared him to Broderick Brown um, in fall camp, which, you know, gets that, that kind of 2011 fan base really excited and all American back then. Um, cousin of A.J. Green, former OSU corner. Uh, so, it, it, it as you mentioned, he was kind of one of those rumored to go in. But the fact that he'd made it this long, you're like, OK, well, maybe that's that's kind of not going to happen. Um, ends up going in that paired with, you know, Thomas Harper. Um, entering the portal and, and then, you know, the possibility, probably likelihood maybe of uh, Jason Taylor going to the NFL after, you know, he's named an All-American um, this past week, I think, uh, you know, the that secondary is going to need a pretty big overhaul. They do have a lot of guys that I think they're pretty high on um, just in the secondary, um, you, you know, thinking back to like a Cameron Epps, uh, DJ McKinney, um, Cam Smith, who they threw in quite a bit. Um, those are just all corners. Uh, Dick Helvian Beeman is a guy who um, enrolled in school a year early, um, he's a big frame guy. I think they're, they're excited about those guys. Um, but experience is obviously going to be an issue that, you know, Jabbar Muhammad had a lot of, um, you know, him paired with Corey black since they, they came in that recruiting class together. Um, just kind of seemed like the the perfect match, but, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a bit of a bummer for Oklahoma state. Um, uh, just that that's happened here over the last few days.
0: I, w- I want to track back to something you just mentioned, Jason Taylor, would he not have declared for the NFL already if he was going or? is there a certain deadline that he might wait up until I I've, I've kind of gotten the impression that he might come back since, you know, other guys have announced they are going to the NFL and we haven't really heard for sure on him yet. Have we?
1: No, we haven't. And I, I asked him after, uh, I believe it was the West Virginia game. Whenever we last got him, I asked him like sh- straight up, like, do you have any thoughts on that? And he said that, you know, he gave me the the politically correct answer of, you know, <laughs> I'm going to wait and see and, and stuff like that. But I, I, he, He could come back. I don't want to make it seem like I'm pushing him out the door or anything. He's obviously an outstanding player for Oklahoma State, um, just a playmaker all over the field. But just with the All-American honor, um, with as good as he's been this year, um, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess I would say, if he went. I I don't have any inclination one way or the other. I haven't heard from anybody one way or the other. Um, I guess it's just a possibility more so at this point.
0: Well, he'd be a big addition if he came back, but you're right. I mean, coming off the season he had given, given his age, how many years he's been at Oklahoma state, I think it would make a lot of sense for him to go, but who knows? I mean, I think OSU is going to do everything they can NIL wise to try to entice guys to come back. But that kind of leads me back to, to Jabbar Muhammad. And I've been getting a lot of questions from folks, you know, why is OSU losing starters? Why are they losing guys like, you know, Jabbar Muhammad, who's, you know, a really good player. And I, And I don't know if you feel the same way, Marshall, but to me, it's just, it's a very simple explanation. It comes down to NIL and guys who can cash in at bigger schools. Just look at last year, OSU losing two starters in the secondary to LSU and Ohio State. And I just, I I don't know if you have a sense of it, Marshall, just from someone like me from kind of from the outside looking in to use a gundy it doesn't seem like OSU's NIL can really hold a candle to some of these blue blood programs to where it kind of makes easier decisions for guys like Mason Cobb, who will get to it with potentially Texas A&M and, and trace Ford and, and people like that. Is that, a, is that a sense you get that OSU's just, they just, it comes down to the dollars and cents of it, right? Within NIL stuff.
1: Yeah. I think they have been kind of a little behind in that aspect. And I forget what I was listening to a couple of days ago, but they, they essentially said there are going to be teams who, buy recruiting classes and then there are going to be teams who try to you know say hey if you're here and you're playing then that's where you're going to make your nil money you're you know you're spencer sanders who had been there for as many years but i guess you know now that he's in the portal maybe that just has this whole thing collapse on itself but i think oklahoma state whenever it does kind of finally get this figured out a little bit which is still new i'm not sure i necessarily blame osu at this point just with how crazy this has been but I think whenever that does come, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be in the business of saying, "Hey, high school kid, hey, um, portal recruit, um, we've got this amount of NIL money." I think it's going to be more so like, "Hey, if you're on campus um, for a couple of years, then then there's going to be opportunities here for you." I think that's what it's going to end up being. Um, I think they've made some positive steps with the Pokes with the Purpose uh, thing. I know that whenever the transfer portal opened, they had like the the website shut down, um, which I, I guess that's a good thing. It, may, it might also be a bad thing that it shut down, but. <laughs> um so, so you're I, aware of that i mean hey <laughs> it happens to PFB every now and then yeah yeah trust me i know the feeling um <laughs> but so yeah i think that they are a little bit behind on the united l front and i'm not sure that there's necessarily i, I don't know that it's just necessarily like a you know snap your fingers and all of a sudden it, it gets fixed I, I think that's something that obviously takes a bunch of commitment from a bunch of different people um and it takes a lot of figuring out i, I think a lot of people are just kind of learning on the fly right now um, so it's hard to even talk about because I don't understand entirely what's happening with NIL, um, much less, you know, the kind of behind the scenes look at Oklahoma state, but it does feel like they are a little bit behind in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that, that kind of leads, you know, Jabbar Muhammad, obviously a, a, a crushing loss for, for the secondary. And look, we know the OSU secondary wasn't great last year, but again, Muhammad, one of the better cover guys in the big 12, uh, he certainly, We'll have a lot of schools coming after him. It, the timing of it, I, I was kind of surprised he waited this long, frankly, because a lot of this NIL stuff, Marshall, you know, once you take like one visit, maybe two, like guys commit, like they don't, they're not taking a bunch of visits like they do in high school. So I'm, I'm a little surprised and maybe he was just getting his, his ducks in a row. But, you know, Mason Cobb, interestingly, you know, we did a somewhat of an NIL deal with him at Oklahoma blood Institute where he, he kind of helped promote some of the blood drives on campus and, and the way it was kind of described to me, it was it's basically kind of like a job board, to where here's a nil opportunity for this amount, this amount of money, and players from all different sports can go in and kind of pick pick and choose which ones that kind of speak to them personally and also financially. And and Mason Cobb was the one that picked Oklahoma Blue too, which was really and he was really great. I got to interview him, talk to him, super good guy, just nothing but a gentleman. And I'm I and I so. I, when you meet someone like that and you've dealt with them, it's pretty clear when you see it with your own two eyes, like they're just doing like he was there with his girlfriend. Like he's looking out for like his best interest. And I'm sure he loves Oklahoma state. He wouldn't have gone to play football there if he didn't, but you have to kind of put yourself in Mason Cobb's shoes. Don't you Marshall where, okay, I'm giving up my body to play football. This school over here is going to give me this. The school I'm currently at is going to give me this. It's kind of hard to, to fault guys in this day and age. It's kind of the world we live in. And I, I know some people were surprised by Mason Cobb. But to me, again, it's just – and I, I love Oklahoma State. But if it comes down to my livelihood, <laughs> I'm not going to play favorites. You know what I mean, Marshall?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I and I, you know, I think in a perfect world, as you mentioned, kind of the job board aspect of it, I think that's what NIL was initially meant to be. I think in a perfect world, what OSU is doing with the Pokes of the Purpose thing, I think that works – you know, like that—that's what it's kind of meant to be. But what, whenever you can go to other schools who are just maybe a little more upfront with, "Hey, here's this ginormous bag of money if you go do this." Um, you don't necessarily have to seek it out. Uh, I—I think that could, you know, change a little bit. But l- like I said, I think that the way OSU is doing it, I think, is politically the correct way. It, it's just not necessarily working out. But Mason Cobb—he was kind of one of the surprises. Um, Jabbar Muhammad—you know—that one stings. Obviously, Braylon Presley stings and stings and stings so hard um but me started we'll get to him i don't think there's been a ton of just like outright surprises obviously the sheer number is a little like eyebrow raising um but i think a lot of the guys that have entered the portal so far that you're kind of be like hey you know that kind of made sense i think you know we all got a pretty good idea that spitzer sanders wasn't gonna be the quarterback here next year um you know midway through the year whenever he started getting hurt um and things like that i think we all kind of came to that conclusion that so it wasn't necessarily a huge surprise obviously this team is better with him on it uh but it didn't necessarily come as a huge surprise but you know like guys like Mason Cobb guys like Brandon Presley again um guys like Jabbar Muhammad those ones sting a little bit more maybe than than ones that we you know kind of anticipated a little bit
0: yeah I mean Cobb really developed into a really solid uh linebacker made some really big plays throughout the course of the year so he's he's a big loss as well and like we mentioned but Again, just um, – you're right. I, I think overall, Marshall, they, they kind of started out hot and heavy with the young Mason Cobbs of the world, the Spencer Sanders, and everyone was kind of wondering, like, what's going on. But, you know, they keep Kendall Daniels, and they and they keep Ollie Gordon, who I want to get to when we – when we Colin Oliver as well. Colin Oliver. So, and and before we get to all those guys, I, I want to reiterate that it's not all doom and gloom. And the reason I kept bringing up, you know, trying to put myself in player's shoes, I get all these people texting me like, what's going on with Mike Gundy and his program and it's, everyone's leaving. I'm like, well, you know what? Like just go on a case-by-case basis. And a lot of them make sense for the individual player. I'm I'm sure Jabbar Muhammad looks at Jarek Bernard Converse, you know, playing primetime Saturday night and Kirk Ker- Street Sh- 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 and Chris Fowler is drooling all over his NFL prospects. Like Jabbar Muhammad's like, I played with that guy. I'm I'm pretty good in my own right. And I, I just I, – I get it from certain – player's perspectives but you mentioned uh we'll get to Spencer but we gotta get to Braylon Presley and and look you can pull up his stats you can pull up his height and weight and say this is no big deal and and you're certainly well within your right to believe that and you may be proven right because he committed to Tulsa today that was that was big news today as we're taping this on Friday and he may not be as good as as I think he is but Marshall I mean He's the best high school football player I've seen come out of the state of Oklahoma, and I've covered—I had covered Oklahoma State high school football for more than a decade. Uh, he made Sterling Shepard look good to to average. That's how good Braylon Presley was with the football in his hands. So it's just you throw in the Presley name and the the family situation—the youngest one, supposedly the best one—and people can kind of poo-poo it all they want about him wanting to play running back. I don't care. It's it's a big loss in my mind, especially uh, for the future of the the program.
1: Yeah, a quick Sterling Shepard story while we're at it. I, I actually played against him my sophomore year of high school. Oh, um, dear. It was second round of playoffs. And so we had Caleb Moncrief on our team, who was the 3A three or 4A, I forgot what A we ran track in. But he won the 100 meters in-state. Um, we could not touch Sterling Shepard. They had this one <laughs> formation where it was essentially he was lined up as the punter, and Sterling Shepard would take the snap, and he would just run sideline to sideline until he found a hole, and then he'd go run and score. It I remember that, was the most that, actually. thing I've ever seen. What school it was really you? cold. Uh, Medill. It was really cold. Second round of That's playoffs. Right. We beat Tuttle. We were like, "Holy crap, we got a shot this year!" And then we went up <laughs> there and we lost like fifty-six to six or something ridiculous. But Braylon Presley, um, yeah, it's it sucks in a lot of ways. Eight, not only because of what you think he can become, but just that he was that fan favorite. You know, Brennan was a fan favorite. Is a fan favorite. Um, Braylon came in as a fan favorite, um, and, and that one just kind of stings the fan base in in a multitude of ways. And that you know, you you really feel like, oh crap, this like kid who, you know, undersized Oklahoma kid who that, that's kind of like what OSU has built their programs on is these Oklahoma kids that didn't maybe get a look. Otherwise, Um Brandon Presley was kind of like the, the Messiah of that. You know, he was still a four-star recruit, but didn't have nearly the offers that most four-star recruits have. Um, and then you get him in and then obviously you lose him, and it kind of unceremoniously, you know, the, the quotes he gives on the way out, don't flatter anybody. Uh, so it's stung in a lot of ways. Um, you know, what is he going to turn into? I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that it, it certainly would have been a lot cooler to, to see him kind of realize what he's going to be at Oklahoma state, obviously with the slot receiver position, they have Brendan there, they have John Paul Richardson, both two studs that it's going to, you know, kind of be hard to get on the field, um, over, uh, would I have liked to see him used in the backfield? Sure. Um, you know, absolutely. But it's, it's it just kind of sucks the way it broke um you know I, I wish that maybe he would have stuck it i'm not not that i'm blaming him for, for anything but you know maybe if he sticks it out another year or so um kind of sees how the landscape goes uh that would have been cool but yeah it, it was just it that one was the one that you're just like ooh, that one that one really stings that one's the one that like all of the he was like the seven or eighth guy from, from osu in the portal um and, and that one kind of fueled the fire to those people who are already naysaying oklahoma state um that like see even braylon presley's entering the portal this is how terrible things are going it's like oh <laughs> so i don't know I, it, it's it sucks um from an oklahoma state perspective uh everybody i think still hoping he does well at tulsa uh but yeah it, it just stinks
0: it stinks and it's kind of awkward right like his older brother brennan is dating casey dunn's daughter uh and his you got mama presley just nuking <laughs> how they utilize the running backs and really don't know what they're doing. Um so it's it's an awkward situation. I will say, like, as much as I would have loved to have seen Braille and get the football more, I've been I've been probably the loudest person saying that. I do think the idea of him playing running back full time is silly. His quote didn't say that. Some people have taken it that way. I think he just wanted to be play both, which is what he said. They told him during recruiting. But I I understand criticisms from folks that say, well, he's too small to play running back full time. I don't think that's what he was saying. It wasn't spelled out explicitly. I think he views himself kind of like a like a Reggie Bush, Tyreek Hill type, where you can just move him all over the field. I don't I don't where he starts on the field doesn't much matter. Just get him in an open space. And that's that's something that was frustrating for me, watching OSU just, you know, slog their way, have no answers, get shut out in some games, just, just the, the lack of trying with with a player. Who gives you a totally different dimension, like a Braylon Presley? Like that that to be frustrating for you, Marshall. You know, interviewing the team five straight games, they don't score twenty points, and and nothing much really changed throughout the course of the year.
1: Yeah, those two trips up to Kansas, back to back weekends, were certainly not very fun to to get post game interviews afterwards. But it, and I just kind of like if if Casey Dunn and you know Gundy and whoever in the recruitment process told him, hey, you're going to play both um and they had no intentions of him him playing both that they just said if they were just like yes we got him and now we're just going to put him at receiver then the, even if that did happen they are far from the first coaches who have ever relied in the recruitment process to a uh to a recruit <laughs> but I Absolutely. imagine I imagine that there was also some like well yeah but it wasn't all going to come in year one you know like uh, so again not blaming Braylon for for anything it's just like if he stays an extra year or an extra two years, you kind of wonder if things play out a little bit differently. If they kind of kind of find some some different ways to get him used in the in the run game, with you know all these transfer portal people leaving now, um, it it just stinks. I I told you I was like I just uh, I think I told you and Colby this. I said I just want the Presley brothers and I want Ollie, um, and maybe I threw uh, Kendall Daniels in there as well. And it's like anything else that happens, like I'm good with. I just need the Presleys and Ollie. And you know what? Two of three. So far, um, it not too bad, but it, yeah, that one sure did hurt. Uh, I'm I'm not looking forward to watching him just just crush it at
0: Tulsa. I mean, it's just yeah. gonna it's gonna hurt to watch because because again, Tulsa, like though. that's a great gift for Tulsa. I mean, he's he could have gone a lot of places, I would assume, and just the way Oshie runs like zone running schemes, like his vision <laughs> and his ability to make people miss with cutbacks, the way zone blocking requires. Just look, I know he's not very big, but like you got Dom Richardson trying to run zone schemes and just running straight into linebackers. I just, uh, I just, I'm getting frustrated thinking about the year as we, as we talk about it. Let's move on to uh, Trace Ford, who I believe took a visit to Auburn and really ruffled some feathers on social media with a uh, Instagram story at uh, Owen Field, the University of Oklahoma, taking a visit to Norman. Uh, We have not seen a player in football transfer from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma yet, Marshall, but uh, trace Ford who is from Edmund who uh I think would be testing a lot of people's uh, allegiances to a kid from Edmund if he were to switch colors from uh, orange to crimson that would be uh <laughs> that would be a tough move for me to make
1: Marshall. Do you think Trace will do that? I you know, it's it seemed a little fishy whenever like right whenever he entered the portal there were some some oUP like reporters kind of saying, hey, you might watch out for this and yeah. so I was like, wait a second. So it's just
0: him he's and Braylon
1: really. Yeah, him and Braylon, but Trace is such he's a fiery dude. Um you can see it in his games. Like if he thinks he's getting held, he's going to let, you know, the referee know that he thinks he's getting held. Um so I I I think he's a guy who kind of um embellishes or not embellishes but but welcomes the smoke a little bit. So if if there is okay. one person that could do it um and, and kind of just go full heel, go full like take out the, the the steel chair and bash the baby face over the <laughs> head with it. it. It could possibly be Trace Ford, but that, that would stink. Cause he's whenever he's healthy and it seemed like um, in that Kansas game, whenever he got re-injured um, I just remember him getting like driven around the, the field in a, in a cart. I, I guess he went back to, I guess Kansas had him go back somewhere um, to get something checked out. And then he just looked devastated. So I was like, Oh no, like this, this happened to him again, but it seems like he's actually, you know, fairly okay. Um, But whenever he is healthy, he's just so good. He wreaks havoc, especially with the strength that he's garnered over the past, um, you know, however many injuries he's had, um, that upper body strength. He's really just kind of wreaked havoc whenever he's been healthy and on the field. So that would be tough to watch him sack whoever's starting at quarterback next year um, in Stillwater in what could be the last Bedlam game imaginable. That would just be uh, the epitome of brutality, I think.
0: Yeah, and I know he hasn't been playing the amount of snaps a starter would. But I mean, let's let's face facts, neither does Colin Oliver. I mean, that's just they like to rotate those guys, those edge rushers. And I, I know Trace isn't technically a starter, but it'd be really hard to see him, you know, play at Oklahoma. And I, but let, let me ask you this, Marshall. Like he blows out his knee twice. He gets injured in that Kansas game. We don't see him the rest of the year. Is he is he even the same player now? And and if so, is he about like one injury away from like retirement? Like I, how healthy do you think he can be next year based on, you know, being around the team after that Kansas game, things you've heard, just because I've had people like just crushed that they're losing Trace Ford. And my response was like, man, I I love Trace Ford when he's healthy, but I, I think he's one injury away from retirement.
1: Yeah, I really thought that that Kansas game, because I was getting texts from like photographers down on the sideline. They were like, hey, this Trace thing does not look good. And I was like, well, that's that really sucks for him just based on everything he's gone through. But I think he's kind of had to change his play style a little bit. I remember his freshman year, like he had an interception because he was like guarding a slot receiver at some point. And it's just like, how the heck is the defensive end, you know, playing defensive back all of a sudden. (laughs) So I I think that with the strength he's gained, he's kind of changed a little bit up. I think he's kind of like a Jack of all trades now, which, you know, I, I don't know anything about his injury history. Well, I know his history, I guess, but I don't know if he, if he has one more significant injury, if that'll be it for him or not. Uh, and, and like you said, I think if you're an Oklahoma State fan and you see Trace Ford, just what he's gone through, go anywhere but Norman. Um, I'm sure that Oklahoma State fans will cheer for him. Um, but but he, like I said, he could go go full heel if, if he goes to Norman. And then, uh, you know, we talked about you know some of our Twitter misgivings. Um, at the start of the pod, I can only imagine what you know he'll get if, if he does make that that move. Oh,
0: the the KD my next chapter memes with Trace Ford's head on it will happen. That will be. That'll be like Durant, won't it? Like, I mean, and, that, and that'll be about... like
1: that. If, if the next chapter meme is the worst he gets, then then I, yeah. I'll take that. Golly.
0: <laughs> and look, and I, I, and from his perspective too, kind of how would I mention with you know how you need to go player by player and just look at their individual situations. Like I get it from Trace Ford's perspective. Like he is one injury away from getting red flag from the NFL and not getting on a roster or drafted or that for that matter, like I think this is his opportunity to make some money at all playing football. And it's just this it's the, it's the sport that we now live in. It's open free agency. It's get it, get yours while you can. And so I, I don't fault anybody, but I would say that if you, if you go to Oklahoma after Oklahoma state, I mean, you're, you're opening up a can of worms and you're opening yourself up to a level of vitriol that, we really have never seen from an individual college football player
1: yeah. and we don't condone it. We just know we've, we've been on Twitter long enough to see that it'll happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so that leads us to, like, I think we've covered most of the big names. I think let's wrap up the the exits in the, into the portal with Spencer Sanders. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, I think it was, it was kind of trending this way towards the end of the year. I'm kind of surprised Marshall that it's, it's how quiet it's been on, in terms of where he might land. You know, typically when guys enter the portal, they would start taking visits really quickly, and you know, word trickles out. I think Florida has been mentioned a lot, Tennessee, some. I mentioned Penn State weeks ago, and a lot of people have have started saying that on the radio now because of the natural connection, you know, with Mike Yursich recruiting to Stillwater. That that to me would be a natural connection, but it sounds like some of the NIL money out of the SEC is kind of what's been most closely linked to Spencer Sanders. But Marshall, it's it's been kind of quiet. What do you, what have you been hearing?
1: yeah i think i've heard old miss as well another sec team but i feel like it's the transfer portal is weird in that some guys like to you know essentially use this as their second recruitment process like to tweet out their offers um you know like to tweet out pictures of them on visits and stuff like that and then some even like guys that have committed to oklahoma state it's been pretty quiet and then all of a sudden they're committed you think to sean tyler they're the running back that they've gotten from western michigan and then dalton cooper the uh, offensive lineman from texas state they didn't really like Say anything, and all of a sudden they were just like, "Hey, by the way, I'm committed to this team." So maybe that's kind of what Spencer's waiting on. And I imagine for quarterbacks, everything else we know about the portal is kind of like thrown out the window, Um because this is a position that you know only one guy gets to go on the field. So I imagine it's a lot of kind of a pecking order of sense. Uh, you know, everybody says Grayson McCall from from Coastal Carolina is the best quarterback in the in the portal right now. So maybe it's kind of a wait and see where he goes, and then some dominoes start to fall after that. But yeah, I, I haven't heard a whole lot on on what he's planning on doing or, or where I think he'll go, uh, but it does seem like that wherever he's going to go, is going to be, you know, those SEC programs that we mentioned, the, the, it's, it's not like he's going to end up at, at Tulsa or at North Texas or stuff like that. He's going to, it seems like there's a lot of suitors um, that are willing and able to to bring Spencer Sanders into their program.
0: Yeah, and that that to me will be just so fascinating to watch him in that league and just see if he can... You know, if he produces kind of the numbers he produced in the first half of of this year for Oklahoma State at a school like an Ole Miss, I gosh, that would just further, you know, prove that the Big Twelve is just totally slept on nationally. And I, and I look, how do you feel about it, Marshall? Like, I mean, some some fans, you know, I think, um, you know, Doug Gottlieb was pretty critical about Spencer in terms of how he'll be remembered at Oklahoma State. He said he won't even like he won't even be recognized as a former Oklahoma State student. Like OSU will not be next to his name when he's in the NFL. It'll be Ole Miss or Florida, wherever he ends up. Uh, what do you think of this does for kind of his legacy? Or do you kind of view it just based on his individual situation being a, a six-year? Just how do you view it and how do you think he will be viewed by by the OSU fans at large?
1: Yeah, it's something that I've wanted to write about. Um, it, Kyle Cox wrote a little something, something on it, but it's kind of hard to, because this isn't really an era that we've been in before. Um, I'm a pretty frequent viewer of the Pat McAfee show, and he talks about, you know, how he's teammates with Peyton Manning um, in Indianapolis. And then now, you know, he spent all that time in Indianapolis, and now all you ever see him in is a Denver Broncos jersey. So is it going to be like that where, you know, we remember, you know, Peyton Manning, not as an Indianapolis Colt necessarily, but as a Denver Bronco? um are we going to imagine Spencer as a almost Rebel or a Florida Gator instead of you know being an Oklahoma State Cowboy I I think that whole scenario is kind of yet to play out in college just because this this whole thing is a little bit new um but I, I geez I don't know it's it's tough to say I you know people were starting to hype him up towards the end of the year whenever everything was or I guess the middle part of the year when everything was going well and they were like oh is he going to slip into the the Rudolph Whedon category i I, I think I still need to cook on it a little bit, but I think he's more so, if I had to do the classic tier rankings, you go, you know, Whedon Rudolph, I go Rudolph Whedon, Um in the S tier. Oh, stop it. And then in that A tier where you have your Zach Robinsons, your Mike Gundys, um, you know, I, I think Spencer's somewhere in there or, or would you put him on the, maybe the tier below that with like the Clint Shelves, the JW Walshes. I I think he's somewhere in between that that kind of A and B tier, Um, but I think that S is still very much Mason Rudolph and Brandon Whedon.
0: Yeah, I think the, I think the tier was Zach and, and Mike Gundy is certainly fair. I think that's kind of the high end of how you can view Spencer. You can also view his struggles and and you can kind of put him in that that shelf Walsh tier. And I I put Shelf above Walsh. I put him I kind of put Shelf up in the Zach tier. I really do. And you just go through his numbers, uh the fact that he he led two game-winning drives to win two Big 12 championships and the defense gave it away to to Blake Bell twice. That just he did his part <laughs> and the defense just, I, I made this joke forever on this pod that, that Clint Shelf wakes every day, looks in the mirror and says, I should have won two big 12 championships because I led two game winning drives in the final minute to win the game. Uh, so no, I, I think that, I think you can, you can view him in a lot of tears, Marshall, but I think that the way you kind of laid it out, is pretty fair. I don't think he's up there with, with uh, Whedon and Whedon and, and Rudolph, but I think I think with what he did last year to win a Fiesta Bowl, I
1: think certainly puts him in the in the Mike Gundy and, and Zach Robinson tier. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. And then, you know, that, that same uh, argument you made for Clint Shelf, some some could make that for Mason Rudolph, you know? I don't know. I, don't know.
0: Uh, is... I just remember him throwing an interception against Baker Mayfield in, in Bedlam. We can't, in the we back can't do of the this end
1: zone. again. I feel like every time we're on the pod, this is what it divulges into. I, know. I don't know that we can do this again. I this is not I healthy.
0: Don't... I don't know how you make that argument with a straight face, but we better move on with, uh, or else it'll be another hour on the pod. But, um, yeah, so I I kind of view it as, you know, Spencer has a unique opportunity with a six-year to elevate his draft stock. Uh, if Oklahoma State had a legit offensive line and a legit offensive coordinator situation, that was coming off a great – if they're coming off the Fiesta Bowl this year, mm-hmm. and he had transferred, I would feel much differently than I than, than what it is now with the way the offensive line played just the the quagmire that has continued to be for his entire tenure at Oklahoma State combined with his frustrations with the offense. I I can't fault him at all. and I I don't think it, in my opinion, I don't think it changes his OSU legacy whatsoever. He fulfilled his total amount of years he's required to, or he fulfilled his scholarship. I mean, he's a fifth-year senior at this point, and just due to COVID, he gets this random sixth year. So I think it's, uh, to me, that's He's playing with house money, and I, and I don't fault him at all to go try and improve his draft stock somewhere else, given the situation.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously Oklahoma State is a better team with Spencer Sanders on it next year. But kind of like we mentioned, it, it, this one wasn't necessarily a surprise that that a Braylon Presley was. It, it kind of got the feeling that it, midway through the year, one way or the other, whether he's going to the league or he's going to the portal, it just kind of got the feeling that that this was probably it for Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State.
0: Yep, certainly. Uh, let's talk about the guys that have come in. You know, Mike Gundy, we mentioned at the top, said he wasn't a big portal guy. Uh, they've put out a, a ton of offers in the portal, and they, they've gotten some some good players. I mean, I I think we should start with, with Justin Wright, who was kind of long-rumored to be a Mason Cobb replacement coming from Tulsa. Uh, really experienced player, Marshall, and he may not be as athletically talented as a Mason Cobb or as versatile, but as far as just plug in a hole in your linebacking core it, it's it's hard to do much better. I think he was he was pretty highly ranked in the uh, 24 uh, 7 transfer portal rankings.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think like just like you mentioned and that was kind of a, even makes him copy. he had his his shortcomings this year. he missed some tackles um, and he missed some gap reads and, and things like that just to add an experienced guy who had a hundred tackles this year um, to a defense that's kind of in a transition phase with you know all the people that left last year and obviously the defensive coordinator change. Um, yeah, I think this was a, it was a big time get to get a guy like Justin right in. And he, he seems, it just seems perfect. He's not from Oklahoma. He's from Abilene, uh, Texas, but he's very much like he, I like went and creeped on him wore a cowboy hat at his wedding. Um, you know, obviously <laughs> played football right down the road. Um, kind of again, as we go into like the, uh, the undersized or not undersized, but under appreciated recruit. Um, uh, he said that, you know, he was committed to Texas state for a long time and they pulled some shenanigans like right before signing day. And that Tulsa came and offered him the day before signing day, and he just said, no, "Screw it, I'm going to go sign with Tulsa." So I, I think you know a guy like that kind of fits almost like perfectly with Oklahoma State. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that they could have, if even if they tried, you know, landed a, a more suitable fit for their linebacker position position than Justin Wright.
0: Yeah, and it, it happened rather quickly and was rumored as much to where I think I think Mike and and company kind of had an idea what Mason Cobb's uh, future intentions were. So that was a nice kid. And I think OSU did it really nicely in the portal. I think you got to give Mike Gundy and his staff credit. Like Mike clearly just, you know, Marshall, just for some context, I was a student reporter when Mike Gundy took over as head coach. And I had kind of heard that he had taken a lot of PR classes to kind of get him ready for press conferences, dealing with the media. And I don't know if this is something they taught him, you know, 18 years ago or if this is something he just kind of learned along the way. It's almost as if he says the opposite of what he really thinks. Like, I'm sure his approach to Bedlam now that I'm thinking about it is not, it's just another game. I think he, I think he just maybe they taught him in PR class to say the opposite of what he truly feels because he clearly is not anti portal or not. Clearly, he is a big portal guy because that's the the world he lives in
1: now. So, I, I don't know if that's something he learned along the way, Marshall, but that, that I was reminded of that this week. Yeah. And I I could see why he would say that he's not a big portal guy, because then, you know, what does that say to the people on your roster? Like, oh, I'm looking to replace all these guys anyways. But then at the (laughs) same time, I also understand why whenever he says that he's not a big portal guy, that he doesn't believe in the portal. I understand why people get mad because that's literally what, you know, that's what he said. So like, I could (laughs) see like, that's the time that we're living in is that you have to be, you know, involved in the portal. So I, I see where Gundy's coming from and why he would say that he's not involved in the, or he's not, he doesn't believe in the portal because he wants to develop the guys here. Um, That's obviously, you know, saying, Hey, please stay here. Let's develop. Let's, you know, you you know, we believe in this process. Um, But then I also understand why some people who don't, you know, take Gundy for what he says, literally um, and saying that, you know, he doesn't believe in the portal. I can understand why that would ruffle some feathers um, among the fan base. So it's a, it's a weird time um, with the transfer portal. And that is kind of split in that, you know, people who want to find a reason to, you know, rag on Mike Gundy, they're going to find it, and people who are going to defend him are going to defend him even harder. Um, and then, like you said, he's kind of in the middle, saying one thing, meaning another thing, and he's kind of playing both sides of it. It's a, it's uh, I, I'm not very big into politics, but I imagine that this is what that world is is constantly like.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's, that's why they pay in the big bucks. That's why they pay in the big bucks. And uh, how excited are you about this running back from Western Michigan, Sean Tyler? Because Ooh, he's he's got some he's got some pretty electric highlights when when you pull him up on on the YouTube. I know you just read Sean Tyler, running back, Western Michigan. That does not tell the whole story. I, for anyone that's not that fired up about this guy, I would suggest pulling up his highlight reel, Marshall, because he'll he'll add a little juice uh, to the running back uh, position. And let's face it, they lost a reliable running back in Dominic Richardson, and we all believe Ollie Gordon will now be RB one. But I tell you what, Sean Tyler brings a different dimension that can really can really do some things
1: yeah i was on uh radio with dan hawk the day the day that sean tyler committed and i was kind of i was almost making a argument as to why i didn't know that it was a good idea that osu was going after him which thinking back now to it is probably a little dumb definitely a, an old takes exposed kind of deal uh but you know back to back why'd you bring of... it up then well so like <laughs> the the reason the running back room this year kind of had four dudes in it who were very similar in skill and that it it felt like they didn't really know who to play, when to play them. And then obviously that, you know, had a glaring light on it with, with Ollie Gordon going off in that West Virginia game. So w- what I'm a little bit worried about is that like, okay, now you've got this guy who's had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. You've got Ollie Gordon, who many believe is the heir apparent. Um, you've got Jaden Nixon, who's still shown bright spots. You've got DeAndre Jackson, um, who has again shown bright spots kind of lit towards the latter part of the year. And I just don't want the same traffic jam to happen again next year. But then at the same time, with injuries like Oklahoma State's had a ridiculous amount this year, you need that depth. So it, it's you you can't really get the best of both worlds. I just hope and pray that Mike Gundy and his staff and and Wozniak make the right decision this year. And in, in that, I, to me, right now um, as we're sitting here in December, I think it should be Ollie Gordon, and then probably I don't. I imagine Sean Tyler didn't you know go back to back thousand yard seasons to then come to Oklahoma State and sit on the bench. So I think RB one you go Ollie Gordon, RB two. Um, you go Sean Tyler and and they can kind of uh, complement each other a little bit. Um, if you watch Sean Tyler's stats, kind of a smaller guy with with good burst. Um, and then obviously Ollie Gordon's this just huge, you know, menacing presence. So I, I, I maybe I'm just scarred from from the year that was but I just hope that everybody makes the right decisions and and, and everything works out perfectly.
0: Well, it's it's a frustrating deal. I mean, I would have had the depth chart flipped. I would have had Ollie Gordon one, Jaden Nixon two, Dominic Richardson three. Uh maybe use Richardson more on the goal line which he he proved he could get in there on on the 1-yard line a lot, but it's just it's it's kind of strange to me and, and frustrating for me that Ollie Gordon plays, you know, the last game of the regular season and that's it. But all of a sudden now it it appears they've just they've handed him the car keys and they've not run off Don Richardson, but I, I got to think it's been illustrated to him what the depth chart's going to look like next year. That's why he would enter the portal being the, the starting running back. It's like they're just so slow to react to what's, in my mind, pretty obvious who their most talented running back was in Ollie Gordon. I thought Nixon provided more uh, in some of those games than did Richardson. So I I think I think what I'm trying to get at, Marshall, is that I think we might have the same kind of headaches next year with this Sean Tyler. I don't don't know if they know who their best running back is, but hopefully they realize it's Ollie Gordon because I was trying to tell people that in fall. So I don't know. I'm a little worried, you know, given... And again, we'll see what kind of staff changes are made, but I did not like the way the running back room was handled last year, uh, but it is good that they had Sean Tyler for more depth and and more options. I'm just, I'm still a little leery they're going to use the right options at the right time.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I see why they would put Dom as the starting running back at the beginning of the year because he was the most proven, um, you thought he deserved his chance. It's kind of like what we were saying with the NIL thing is that in a perfect world, yes, it is just just job board. And if you feel passionately, excuse me, you feel passionately about one thing, you go and do that and you get that NIL money. Um, In the same way, while this is probably like the correct way in the perfect world is to let your your long tenured guys, you know, have the first crack at starting, um, that it might not always be the perfect world that, that we live in. It, it kind of, you kind of have to make these hard decisions, but the way that Oklahoma state does it, you know, it, it's hard to knock at the same time because Gundy's program has been successful for so long. And, you know, it, it's because they're, they're giving these, they're letting these guys develop it and things like that. So it's, it's another one of those kind of catch 22 ordeals in and that you understand why they give the experienced guy um, the run. Uh, but then, you know, does the leash need to be shorter and do we just need to see what we have? <laughs> Excuse me as I'm dying. Cause my throat's locking up here, but, it's 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 kind of another one of those catch 22s in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I can wow. see that. And um I guess just wrapping up, I mean, Dijon Stribling, big target receiver, Dalton Cooper, more offensive line depth, and uh Ladarius Webb, a Juco cornerback. It, it seems Marshall, they've they've filled holes in, in some of the major pieces that have left. And uh who who among those three really kind of stands out? Stribling, obviously a big receiver target uh could he be one of those guys they use out on the outside and and how good is how good are Cooper and Webb in in addition to them
1: yeah I think that Cooper could be a real difference maker for this team this year obviously offensive line has been the sticking point for Oklahoma State over the last few years on on a lot of their struggles so I I think a guy like Cooper who's an all Sun Belt type guy the past um two or three seasons but let me pull up this stat he's over he's started Okay, Texas State has ran 1,382 pass plays with him at left tackle, and he has allowed seven sacks. Um, So (laughs) that's the type of stuff that Oklahoma State needs right now. I think, you know, right now as we sit here in December, the offensive line, again, knock on wood, looks pretty good from a starting standpoint. Um, You've got Dalton Cooper at one of the tackles. You've got Caleb Etienne at another one. Um, Hunter Woodard still can come back at right guard if he chooses to, but if not, you have um, Jason Brooks, Queso. uh, You have. Cole Birmingham, who didn't play at all this year after suffering an injury and in, maybe in the spring, I think, is whenever he got injured. Uh, but but he might have started at – he definitely would have started at, at left guard this year had he been healthy. Um, and, and then you're bringing Preston Wilson back. So I, I think it's more a matter of, okay, is the depth going to be an issue again? I know they're really high on Austin Kowecki, who's a, a freshman this year. Um, how does he kind of play into things? So I think right now, from a starting perspective, the offensive line definitely looks a lot better just by adding Dalton Cooper. Um, so I think that one was obviously a big one, uh, stripling. I'm not, you know, it's Casey Dunn keeps the cupboard full. So, you know, is he going to earn a lot of snaps over a guy like Jaden Bray and Bryson Green on the outside that that'll kind of be the big, the big question mark. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine he'll still get some run. Um, and I think it made a lot of sense with, with Langston Anderson entering the, entering the portal that they bring in a similar, you know, big body type guy in, but I think they're kind of set at receiver. Um, they haven't offered, or they haven't brought in a whole lot of high school kids this year. I think they have one high school kid committed in the class. Uh, so I, I think they're they're comfortable with where they're at at receiver. But whenever Langston Anderson hopped in, uh, they made quick work and got scribbling. So I, I think Casey Dunn's going to keep the cover full. Whoever he brings in, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like. That, that that guy will work. So uh, I'm not really worried about that. But yeah, I think Dalton Cooper could be a, a pretty big difference maker. And he's from Prague. I think that's how that pr- is pronounced in Oklahoma terms. Yep, it's Prague. Uh, yeah. So they, um, we don't
0: call it Prague here in Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but that's another, you know, obviously bringing in a, an Oklahoma kid, you had a, a connection there. Um, I, I think that was good work from from uh, Mike Gundy's staff.
0: Yeah. And I think the best work on uh, if you scroll down on, on the transfer portal tracker on, on pistols firing is the hinted returns. And You've got Kendall Daniels, Colin Oliver, Cole Birmingham, DeAndre Jackson, Preston Wilson, Ollie Gordon. I mean, I know that OSU didn't keep Braylon, which, you know, you and I are upset about, and I think we'll hurt them ultimately because I think he's going to be a flat-out stud. Uh, Marshall, I think you got to give it to Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy. Their NIL may have played a role in this, but those are young, top, top, top of the food chain talents. Like, if you were to rank the roster – of Oklahoma State. I think Kendall Daniels, Colin Oliver, Ollie Gordon, and Preston Wilson would be certainly top 10 and would be vying for top five. That's how important and how good those players are. So you look at it overall, Marshall, I think Oklahoma State did a a really good job to retain some of their,
1: their better, younger pieces. Yeah, and I think it was really important for Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver to kind of announce that they were coming back and the timing that they did. Because whenever they did, the house seemed to be on fire. Is was really early in the process whenever, like, oh, crap, all these people are entering. Um, and, you know, I, I think they kind of calmed things down a little bit. Uh, you know, we know how good Colin Oliver is based on the past two seasons. But Kendall Daniels, he's like – he might be like first-round pick good. Like, he's a freak of nature just looking at him from – even the, from the press box. He's like a head taller than everybody. But still, he doesn't look skinny. He looks, like, strong. Um, he absolutely clobbered that uh, – I believe is a West Virginia running back that forced the fumble in that game. So I'm, I'm, it's not a secret to anybody that, you know, everybody's high on Kendall Daniels, but I'm, I'm really high on Kendall Daniels. Obviously we both love Ollie Gordon. Um, Like I said, Cole Birmingham was injured all year and he, I'm pretty sure he would have started at left guard had he been healthy. Uh, So I, yeah, I think them, you know, re-recruiting some of those guys and keeping those guys in particular in that, you know, Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver, those are two people you could build a defense around, Um, you know, a good person in the secondary and then obviously an edge rusher. So yeah, I, I think as much as it felt like the house was burning down a little bit, I think keeping both of those guys in um, can can really you know make sure that this isn't a full blown rebuild. Is this hey we need to plug in a, a few pieces here and there, um, and then we'll get this rolling again?
0: Yeah, I, I think we sound all alarms if Daniels, Oliver, and and Gordon were in the portal right now. I think that's when that's when the house is on fire, and and they need to sound any and all alarms. Uh, I, can I call Oklahoma State's offensive line for twenty twenty three? Oklahoma State's offensive line, Prince's, if they stay healthy. Like, because like, we're going to be breaking down this team for the entire offseason going into the season. And we pretty much have to say that caveat anytime we talk about the offensive line,
1: don't we? Yeah. And I think, spoiler alert, based on the past 87 years, they're not going to stay healthy. I think this <laughs> what offensive What is Rob line... Glass
0: doing? I mean, yeah. We all love Rob Glass, but what, what is happening to the offensive line every year? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't they know. They practice but... without helmets on. Maybe, maybe, Gosh. maybe they just, maybe they're just real tough guys and they say, Hey, we're all <laughs> going to pull each other's shoulders out of socket and we'll see who can play the most. I don't know. Jeez. But I, that I think this offensive line isn't going to be what it is in the spring or in the fall. It's what it's going to be after that first wave of injury comes, you know, if, if they lose a, a tackle on a guard or if they lose a center, how they kind of adapt to that. That's what this offensive line will be, which I think is probably why it's important to maybe add one or two more pieces if they can out of the portal. They added, seemingly some really good pieces last year in Tyrone Weber, who's now stepped away from the program, citing, you know, kind of mental health reasons. Um, They they had uh, Casey Collier, um, USC transfer, and that ended up not working out. So, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that they brought in last year just didn't necessarily work out. They had Prince Pines committed, who ended up, um, you know, decommitting and then committing to Tulane, which turned out to be a pretty good decision for them. Um, They're pseudo the Big 12 champs because they beat uh, K-State. So, I think, you know, in a lot of ways that they they kind of got unlucky. A on the injury front, and then B that like it seemed like a lot of their guys that they were bringing in just didn't, you know, stay. So I I think it's important that they add one or two more pieces. But adding a guy like Dalton Cooper, you know, keeping Cole Birmingham, keeping Preston Wilson, I think that that could be big for for next season.
0: What about quarterback? I think we'll we'll end it with this. I mean, uh, Brennan Armstrong uh, from Virginia is visiting both. The, the visiting the bowl game basically he's visiting Oklahoma State and Wisconsin which is obviously the bowl matchup uh his numbers were flat out incredible uh two years ago uh not as good this year because Virginia was kind of a kind of a mess with the, the situation that took it with the new head coach and then obviously the the tragedy that that struck that campus as well which was just horrible but uh this kid looks pretty good and is is he's got a lot of proven sustained success from his time at Virginia. Is that who do you think OSU's kind of zeroed in on, or that they you think they're kind of still filling out the portal, which you kind of mentioned with quarterbacks and, and dominoes falling?
1: Yeah, I think it will come down to a kind of a domino aspect, but who is the Oklahoma kid that entered the portal? Uh, I don't even know his name. Um, from from OU? Yeah. Uh, if, Brendan, Brendan Evers? Yeah, so he visited Wisconsin as well. So you wonder if he ends up taking that Wisconsin spot, if you know Armstrong is just like an, a locked Oklahoma hope- state.
0: Let's hope he does, because he couldn't start over that jabroni that played in the Cotton Bowl. What was his name? Uh, I already forgot his name.
1: Um, he's uh, backup quarterback. Yeah. I just I said it I could yesterday. See his face. I can see his face, but I can't. It's not. It, on, it's not General Booty. Davis Bevel is his name. Boom. Davis
0: Nick Evers couldn't play over Davis Bevel, who literally couldn't complete a pass. So let's let's hope he goes to Wisconsin and Oklahoma State can get in on Armstrong, because Armstrong is far more proven and. And that's what I think Oklahoma State's looking for, right? I don't think they're looking for a you know a, a freshman, a redshirt freshman in in the portal. I think they're looking for a proven player that can come
1: in and start, don't you? Yeah, and I think that I've thought this for a while now that it just hasn't necessarily lined up, but I think that Oklahoma State is almost the perfect spot for one of those you know high-level recruits that it didn't necessarily work out at whatever school that they went to 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 kind of bounce back to a you know, that, that program, the tier below, I think Oklahoma state's like almost the perfect thing for that. We're just given the history, given Mike Gundy's, you know, success rate at producing talent like this. So I I think that this is kind of the era that they're they're good in. I'm going to be fully transparent with everybody. I didn't know who Bren, uh, Brendan Armstrong was whenever I heard that he was visiting Oklahoma state. I was like, Oh, I guess (laughs) I better figure out who this is. Um, but you know, you mentioned his stats weren't as good this year. Some people are a little bit worried about the interceptions. Um, he's done no double digits the past three seasons. Um, I don't know. You know, he he didn't have Jelani Woods to throw to this year. That makes a difference. That's um, what I was
0: gonna say. That's that's what happened this year. You have not have my boy Jelani to throw to.
1: Yeah, I was all in on on Grayson McCall when he entered the portal. Um, just you know, with the mullet, I was like, this story as a you know writer, I was like, this story writes itself. So, but it, it seems like he's gonna be you know. I don't think Oshia
0: can write enough checks. Yeah, to, it, to get him.
1: <laughs> but I will say, it seems like Auburn might be the front runner for him right now, and it's like. I understand the NIL aspect of it, but it's like, I think that Oklahoma state could recruit at an Auburn level, right? And it's not like it's a Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio state or anything. It's like, Hey, if, if Auburn's the most interested in him right now, Oklahoma state, like go see what's up with Grayson McCall. But yeah, I I think that, you know, a guy like Brendan Armstrong, a guy with one year left, if you want to keep developing, you know, Garrett Rangel, if you want to, you know, let Zane Flores kind of sit and, and uh, you know, develop a little bit, I think that's kind of like the perfect fit in that, you know, you get a guy here for a year, you let those young pups who thought they'd be behind Spencer for, for an extra year actually still get to sit um, a little bit and, and develop. So, yeah, I think that's kind of like the perfect scenario for him. Um, you just kind of hope that it, it it plays out correctly and that, you know, he doesn't come over and be turnover prone and, and make all those people mad that he's not even here yet, uh, making them even more mad at him.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think the way you, that scenario is perfect because you don't want to run off a Zane Flores who – you know, look, he he knows he like you were saying, he expected one year of Spencer, then it's his opportunity to win the job. Cause I mean, Marshall, the way people talk about Zane Flores, like I've I've just kind of done a little research on him, and people that like cover Nebraska high school football, they're like adamant he's like the best quarterback to ever come out of the state. And they're just so appalled at the way Scott Frost handled his recruitment. I was a little worried about Matt Rule. I guess Matt Rule's Matt rules subtweeting him now, like posting a t-shirt of his High school uh, name and all that, but he's an early, un- early enrollee, is he not? Uh, the, so signing day hasn't happened yet, but I would assume it pretty much any. Okay, he's trying to sneak level. him at the eleventh hour, but man, yeah. I, I'm getting really, really,
1: really excited about about Zane Flores coming in. Yeah, so signing day they they push it back a year. It's Wednesday now, um, so they're they're almost there. They've almost got it over the line uh, to, yeah. to get Zane Flores in. But yeah, Matt Rule subtweeting tweeting the Gretna Dragons was a little suspicious uh, last night. There, I think there's also an offensive lineman that Nebraska is after from uh, Gretna, which at that point it's like, Hey, OSU, you need offensive linemen. Just go get that kid as well. So Yeah.
0: Package uh, deal, baby. Let's go.
1: Yeah. So, I, but like you said, I've heard, I've, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some, you know, I, I watch all this film on all these high school quarterbacks and, and know what uh, is good or not. But I know that he made, you know, the elite 11 finals. You know, I know that he's got sick flow out of his helmet, Trevor Lawrence style that, that I'm yeah. all about. Um, and, and then yeah. I've obviously seen and know, Mike's about and,
0: Mike Gundy's all about that too.
1: Yeah. And i know I've seen his highlights and stuff and it, it looks good to me. So I'm, I'm very much on the, the flourish train. Um, but yeah, I think that this will be a big, I, I'm not sure that the twists and turns are quite over yet just with Matt rules tweet last night that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they still need to, to get this thing over the line.
0: That's, that's worrisome. That, that, I don't know what kind of, you know, bags Matt rule can drop now that he's got all that money from Nebraska and, you know, big red wants to win again. So I don't know that that'll, that'll be a concern until the, the ink is dry. But uh, overall, Marshall, how do you feel about OSU football? I know you you kind of mentioned it, you know, early on, it looked kind of dire, but we mentioned all the returning talent, the incoming players. I, I think they've done a pretty good job given what they lost early in the portal. And uh, I think a lot of those made sense when you look at them on an individual basis. And overall, I mean, how would you kind of grade uh, Mike Gundy and OSU football handling this this off season so far?
1: Yeah, I think it was easy to overreact right whenever the portal opened and it was just like this because the, the the portal opening day thing was kind of a new thing. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't really know how to handle it. And then all of a sudden you've got this flood of guys entering and then all of a sudden it gets exclamation pointed with Spencer Sanders and Braylon going in at almost the exact same time. Uh, so that it was easy to overreact at that point. Uh, but then, like you said, kind of looking back at it, it was like, okay, a lot of these make sense. You know, Mason Cobb going obviously stinks uh Braylon Presley obviously stinks you'd rather keep a healthy trace forward if if possible um but then you know being able to to keep you know a Kendall Daniels and a Colin Oliver and, and bringing in guys like Justin Wright and, and Dalton Cooper it, it seems like that uh, I should have mentioned this earlier but it kind of seems like they're doing really well on those like kind of power five all or group of five all-stars that you know they're not maybe necessarily looking for NIL structure they're just looking to play at the power five level it seems like that's where Oklahoma State can kind of you know butter its bread a little bit um, and they've they've done a good job at that so far. So yeah, I I think that they've kind of found their niche in this um, this transfer portal you know craziness. Um, obviously, they still need to you know add a couple of more pieces um, and, and get this thing across the line. But yeah, I think it's easy to overreact. But since then, um, everything's calmed down a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm not ready to talk about basketball just yet. But um, I'm so
1: frustrated with basketball.
0: I I it's over there in the corner. It's in timeout. I'm not ready to discuss it yet, but they they I think can at be some good point that's coming.
1: I will uh, I'll just give a little snippet. They
0: they can be good. That, that I think that sums up Mike Boynton's
1: entire tenure, doesn't it? The, the they frust- can be good. Yeah. The frustrating part is you'll get this stretch of eight minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is, and you're like, holy crap, this team could go to the final four. And then for the next eight minutes they don't score. And you're like, Well, where what just happened? So it's it's frustrating. Because they're not a, that can Can this team be really good? Yes. Can this team be really bad? Yes. Um, you know, talking to Mike Boynton yesterday, he said that he feels like a light bulb's kind of gone on for the team that they've realized, hey, we've got to, you know, take care of the basketball and start, you know, taking this a little bit more seriously if we do want to make the tournament. Um, we've talked to Tyreek Smith and he just talked, you know, nonstop about, you know, we want to make the tournament and these practices this past week have have gone really well. So, you know, maybe they turn this thing around. And it's not even that it needs to be fully turned around. It's just kind of going in a straight line and you just need it to go one direction or the other, because if this Jekyll and Hyde thing keeps going on, I'm going to lose all my hair.
0: It's year six. You got to make the tournament. I mean, he, you know, I don't, I don't think he will. So it's question what happens then, but that's a, that's another question for another pod Marshall. This was fun. Uh, thanks for keeping up with the portal. I can barely keep up with it. So I know you're, you're uh you're all over it. And uh, again, people can go to Pistols Firing blog and uh, check the Transfer Portal tracker, have all the ins and outs, who's coming, who's
1: going, who's staying. And uh, Marshall, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime that that Colby's out skiing or out in the Bahamas golfing or something like that, you just, you just let me know <laughs> and I'll be
0: here. Yep, he's in the bullpen. He's the lefty. We'll bring him in. Uh, that's Marshall Scott. I'm Carson Cunningham. We'll catch up with the... Probably bubble wrapped version of Kobe Powell after he gets off the slopes uh, next week. Thanks for listening.